So you know how I feel about cops and how we feel about cops. We love them. We we back the blue. <laughs> we don't. Um, I I just want to say I'm hesitant to tell this story because, well, you'll see. You'll understand. Everybody will understand. So I got a couple freelance gigs and I needed a babysitter. Um, and because I can't, you can't do anything with two dollars. You really cannot. No, you cannot um, even effectively work from home. And anyone who's tried it knows. Yes, yes, for sure. So I, I was like, you know, we moved here two summers ago, and I was pregnant as shit, and so we didn't go out or meet people. And then the pandemic hit, so we didn't meet anybody. So we don't know anybody besides my family. So we couldn't find a babysitter. So I went. And got on this website that's just for babysitters and nannies and stuff. And I found a bunch of people. I did some interviews. I chose the girl that I wanted to uh, watch my kids. Um, and it's only a couple of days a week. And stupid me, I didn't Google her because I was like, I'm going to do a background check. I, I'll Google her when I do the background check. So I offered her the job. And then you found her OnlyFans. <laughs> I wish, I wish she had an OnlyFans. I found her LinkedIn page and she's a police officer. What? <laughs> I, I know. And I was like, what the fuck? How this is, this is just like the TV too high where like I hate a thing and then it becomes my life. So I was like, shit, shit. And it said she was a police officer presently on her LinkedIn. And I was like, I don't want a cop watching my kids. Why is a cop even moonlighting as a babysitter? That's just weird shit. Right. And she didn't have it on her babysitter profile. So like, why would I even think she's a cop, <laughs> you know? Um, but she started on Monday. I ended up, I kind of was desperate because um, I have this deadline and I was like, fuck, I've already offered her the job, blah, blah. Um, I talked to her and she was like, yeah, it wasn't really for me. <laughs> so I was like, whew, thank you for not still being a cop. Oh, wait, so she's no longer law she's enforcement. No lo she's no longer a police officer. She did I it. I don't trust it. That's COINTELPRO. They're in your I house know, now, dude, Amanda. Dude, seriously, I, seriously, I had a moment where I was like, am I being infiltrated? <laughs> like, are they... They listen to the podcast and they know, and they're coming after me. But like, what are they going to find? <laughs> Nothing. They're going to find a bunch of yarn because I like to crochet. Um, yeah, that is a shit ton of yarn behind you. Yes. Uh, I, we're looking at each other via Zoom. Yes. And I have, I DIY'd my, all my yarn in some shelves and I, ma I made the shelves and blah, blah, blah. And it's like a lot of yarn. Imagine this was just in my closet, all this yarn. And it was a mess. So I was like, I got to do something. Anyways, she's not a police officer. I I didn't want to because I didn't want to prod too much because I didn't want to be like, what if they are infiltrating me? I don't want to say how I feel too much about cops to her. Um, and I was like, she's like, yeah, they just they didn't treat us well, and I didn't like some of the things they did. And I was like, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, they are the bastards. <laughs> yeah, I was like, good for you, good for you for. Oh, speaking of which, I was uh walking with my daughter the other day and she was like you know i think that uh the graffiti that says one three one two i think that's acab ah she's smart she's i wouldn't so have figured smart i would not have figured that out oh you don't have it like it's everywhere here the one no. the 1312s i also don't draw don't go anywhere and i live uh, in the suburbs it's probably in the city though 
Um, yeah. So guys, I almost had a cop for a babysitter. Can you imagine? <laughs> my God. I'm like, I talk so much shit about cops around my kids. I mean, they don't really understand, but they will eventually, and they will understand how I feel about cops. And like, they're gonna, they're gonna know. So I was like, Oh yeah, you got to make that known. Yeah, for sure. So I was just like, Ooh, yeah. And also I, t- I told you, I was like, I really hope she doesn't find the podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're listening, I think you're great. And I'm glad you're not a cop anymore. <laughs> yeah. Five stars. Tell a friend. Yes. But not a cop friend. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Eat the Press, everybody. Uh, sorry we took last week off. You know, life shit happens. Yeah, I, I got a lot of life happening. Good things, not bad things, but a lot of shit. Yeah, so, you know, but we had... We're back. We're back. Um, and there is quite a bit to talk about, as always, because this is a shitty world that we live in. <laughs> yeah, so I think we're going to dive right in. What we're starting to see now is a proliferation of businesses, both small businesses and chains, who are having major staffing issues. That's amazing. Good for them. I'm glad. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that has begun to happen is that these business owners have become vocal. Mm-hmm. They're complaining that they can't get people to work because of government handouts. Lot, lots of signs on businesses. Nobody wants to work. We, no, we can't. We can't open right now because nobody wants to work. Mwah. Sorry, drive through only. No right. one wants to work for seven fucking 25 an hour. Right. Which, I mean, obviously, if you can't afford to pay your your employees a living wage, then you don't deserve to have employees. Yeah. And I was starting to think about this. I may have mentioned this on Twitter. This seems almost like a de facto general strike. Yes. It was not I, organized, but people yeah. are saying, I do not have to take these low paying, demeaning jobs and I will not take them. Right. And there's a lot of... Um, conservatives, but I'm sure Democrats too, uh, politicians saying this is because we are giving too much in unemployment benefits. And it's like, well, what does that tell you? It's like they almost always get there to the next logical step, but then they never do. They never do. Or they do. They just don't say it. It's this so close. But yeah, I just want people to think through what they're saying. Like, you would get on social media and just broadcast to the world that your job is so shitty that the only people who would take it are people who would die of starvation otherwise. Right. People who are absolutely desperate. And here's my um, worry, because I know there's a couple conservative legislators, legislatures that have already cut benefits and are and are rolling them back for people. So I'm a little worried that what is going to happen when they just cut all the benefits and there's all these people who are like fuck i don't want to go back to work for nothing but i also how am i going to support myself you know it just goes to show that conservatives and libertarians who've been saying that if jobs don't pay enough don't take them and that's how the free market works and if people refuse to take these jobs the wages will go up Mm -hmm. as it turns out People were being coerced into taking the jobs. People weren't taking that minimum wage job because they were willing to work for minimum wage. They were, it was pure coercion and they would die otherwise. Now that that incentive has been removed, we've laid bare how horrible 
America's employment scape is currently. Or not even, I think even like zoom out a little bit, the whole system, like this whole system obviously depends on exploitation of people. And I think this last year has really like brought that into focus for a lot of people. Like I'm being exploited because I think a lot of people's depression and anxiety in their lives comes from their job and they have not had a job. And yes, they've had probably anxiety about what they're going to do, how they're going to support themselves. But then they, you know, some of the benefits have helped a lot of people and and they've had time to think about how fucked it is here. Oh, I, I think you're dead on with that. And it's, it's liberating to not have the stress of working or starving. And, yeah. and people now want more. That they, they go, oh, I, we've been conditioned and indoctrinated to think that we should be dreaming about labor, that we should be dreaming about working 40, 50 hours a week. That, that, and that is just not what we're... <laughs> I don't know what we're here for, but it can't fucking be that. I mean, like, the, the idea of a dream job is laughable, but like, bitch, that's a limit of your ad- imagination, a job. That's what we're dreaming about. Right. Seriously, seriously. So I think people have just gotten to the point where like, wait a minute, because, you know, when you're just trying to survive and you're just trying to make it month to month, you don't have time to reflect on the system we're in or, you know, all the fucked up things about it, how it's the injustice of it all. And when you have that time to sit back, I think a lot of people have just come to the conclusion that this is all bullshit. Yes. And I love the fact it's proving that a lot of the right wing rhetoric surrounding Mm -hmm. wages were bullshit. Oh, oh, if you make wages higher, they're just going to automate. They'll put a kiosk in there. Oh, yeah. You're in here complaining that you can't hire people, hire a kiosk. (laughs) Right. You need workers right and i wonder if it's if it's clicking for a lot of workers like actually we have the power actually we're the ones that really have the power in this situation because there's a lot of us and you know the other thing that i i realized too is like this past year people have seen um you know how how easily it is to lose their job or not you know they've just seen the labor market but at the same time they've seen the billionaires get richer and richer and i think that kind of contrast it also makes you just go what the fuck i mean it did for me dude speaking of billionaires getting richer i still want my refund for like that four month period when amazon couldn't deliver on prime Mm, right coming for you jeff i'm coming (laughs) that that's why you're coming for <laughs> you asshole you prorate my prime <laughs> not a game uh, nigga <laughs> i need my packages now oh man I, I fucking hate amazon i use it i hate it um yeah so i think uh what do you think's gonna happen with like going forward the benefits will you know i think they're supposed to go till september and I think I, I did you see that that video of Joe Biden, um, I think yesterday or the day before, where he was saying, we're going to start investigating people. And if you don't take a job that's offered to you, you lose your benefits like they're going to basically bring the hammer down on everyone. Like that's what empl- unemployment's been my entire adult life. 
Yes, but I think they've been a little bit lax for looking like people saying they're looking for jobs. You know, well, just a big apply, part just, of it. Just apply, guys. Just apply to jobs you will never get. <laughs> things that you are not qualified for. I mean, earlier during the pandemic, there were specific exemptions. They would not force you to go back to a job where you felt unsafe. But right. now, the more the population is being vaccinated, you know, that's going away. And I could see that. Yeah, but you know, it's the, we're nowhere near herd immunity. Everyone is acting like we are, but we're not. Yeah, but I mean, if you, the worker, are vaccinated, sure, then you, the worker, can return. Right. In what theory. About, what about all these people who can't get childcare? Yeah, that's something we don't talk about. Should we just starve them? Yeah, I mean, what are they supposed to do? <laughs> and then, and then we arrest people for putting their children during hotels, in, in their hotels during their shift, or letting their children play in the park during their shift. But right, child, we are not a country that provides childcare. Right. It's terrible. I, I, one time I was, uh, uh, my husband and I were driving through North Carolina and we stopped at like a Wendy's to eat. And I just felt so terrible because there was a woman working at the Wendy's and in one of the booths was her three children or four children just hanging out. And I just was like, this is such a fucked country. Like her children have to just sit it wendy's in a booth for the entire day <laughs> like because she can't afford- heartbreaking it was heartbreaking i was so upset when i saw it i was like this is not okay and i genuinely enjoy wendy's old-fashioned hamburgers wendy's is the only good fast food restaurant there is maybe chick-fil-a but oh no they, i mean they're spicy come on they're spicy uh spicy uh chicken deluxe is I, I like it. Listen, listeners, if you guys <laughs> have a hankering, if you guys have a hankering for a homophobic chicken sandwich, okay. Little known fact: McDonald's has recently cloned the Chick Fil A sandwich. What? I yeah, did not the, know that. The new McDonald's crispy chicken sandwich is absolutely the Chick Fil A sandwich. They even sell it in a little paper foil pouch instead of a bag. They want you to know that this is a knockoff. Go get that shit. Not that McDonald's is good. Yeah, they're not. They're it, worse. <laughs> I mean, they're the same badness. Well, they have all the same corporate evil. They just don't have the uh, anti-LGBTQ shit. So yeah, Chick-fil-A that is That we worst know buy. of. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Chick- Chick-fil-A. I like to call it Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> but yes, I know. They're horrible. I don't eat there often. Please don't email me about what a horrible person I am. And um, Chick-fil-A, if you want to sponsor the show... Chick-fil-A. I might, might moderate my tone a little bit. <laughs> I might recommend your homophobic chicken sandwiches. <laughs> I love it that a chicken sandwich is homophobic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so labor shortage, what's going to happen? I think it's a soft general strike without people saying so. Do you remember last year when- No. I know, right? When the basketball players were uh, striking, basically, and Obama told them not to? That fucking Obama guy. convinced LeBron, and LeBron convinced the rest of the league LeBron, who is uh, secretly an anti-vaxxer. What? Yeah. Early on, yeah, I've lost a little bit of love and respect for the king. But early on, when uh, the vaccines were announced, but before they were approved and being uh, administered, a reporter asked LeBron if he would take the vaccine. And he said, you know, it's a private family matter. We'd have to discuss it. But then recently, I want to say a week or two ago, his teammate, Dennis Schroeder, 
gave an interview to the German press where he confessed that he and LeBron were the only members of the team not vaccinated. Well, that's just some dumb shit. That's just dumb. Yeah. Sometimes I run into uh, anti-vax Twitter, like I'll like accidentally stumble onto them and I'm just blown away. I'm always like, oh my God, these people are so stupid. And I'm not talking about legitimate concerns about vaccines or legitimate- like sh- shedding spike proteins type shit. I don't know what that means. Oh, this is a new thing for anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers now believe or purport to believe that vaccinated people are a danger to unvaccinated people. Oh my God. Because vaccinated people, they say, walk around, quote unquote, shedding COVID spike proteins everywhere. How would they know that? They don't even know what a fucking spike protein is. Yeah, there's no scientific mechanism for shedding, but I've seen two things. Like the first time I heard mention of this, some famous tattoo artist, I don't know who he is, but um, posted on his Instagram that for the safety of himself and his staff, they would not be working on vaccinated people. And now there's- I'm dumbfounded. Yeah, there's a private school in Miami that uh, has told its students, told the kids, not to spend more than five minutes in close contact with their vaccinated parents because the parents put them at risk. And oh they my have, God. And they have threatened to terminate any teacher who gets vaccinated during the school year. Wow, what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? How, does the, how do people turn science around so stupidly? I hate it here. I do too, Jason, I do too. So as some of you may know, especially those of you in the southeastern United States, there's a bit of a gasoline shortage in America. As it turns out, the Colonial Pipeline. Mm, what a name. A, yeah, a colonial. Good. We can't get past. You, you know that like in our in Richmond, Virginia, like everything is named colonial, like so many businesses. And it's like, do you guys not think about what you're naming your business or do you? You must. Yeah, well, they're very happy with it. Yeah. Yeah, the Colonial Pipeline carries refined gasoline. So it's going to be gasoline, jet fuel, I think even diesel. Mm -hmm. It transports those from Texas to 45% of the East Coast. Mm, Okay. It was recently taken offline through a ransomware hack. Sweet. (laughs) Good job, hackers. So at this point, gas stations throughout the Southeast, specifically um, North Carolina, both of the Carolinas and now Virginia. I read the Virginia. Yes, now has, I, yes. We, do, we are now in a state of emergency for gas here. Yes, six and a half percent of gas stations have no fuel. And why is that? It's mostly because people are hoarding gasoline. It is the same thing that happened with toilet paper. The second a shortage was announced, Americans, instead of being kind-hearted, compassionate, to and, their fellow Americans. Yeah. What you should do with a shortage is ration. That's what should happen during a shortage. Rationing. Mm-hmm. Instead, people have chosen to hoard. And it's one thing to, you know, get your car or cars and fill up the tanks. But there's footage of people with just trucks full of five gallon, five gallon gas cans that they're filling up. So I go, doesn't gas go bad? Doesn't it like expire it's i don't know how long it takes but i'm pretty sure you can't 
keep that much gasoline and it won't go bad. Yeah, I don't know the specifics. I have learned as a homeowner the hard way that if you leave gasoline in your lawnmower over the winter, the shit doesn't work. Yes. Yes, my dad did that growing up. Um, and you know what? I leave gasoline in the lawnmower every goddamn winter. Well, don't do it. Do you just go, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, mow the lawn one more time before it gets cold and then yeah, you just never it, do? Exactly. <laughs> and then winter sneaks up on you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because yep, yep. who could predict winter in Pittsburgh? No one. No one. It's only eight months of the year. Right. Ugh. Why do you live there? Yuck. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, fuck that winter shit, though. That's yeah, the one thing I hated about New York City. Well, I mean, New York summers are also awful. They are, especially on the subway. I don't the know. The subway's the worst. If pe- people don't know, if you've never been to New York, but when it's like literally 100 degrees outside and then you go down down underground into the subways and there's no AC on the platforms, it is, you will become soaked from all your sweat. Plus, all you smell is piss and shit and body odor and farts and everything it's gross (laughs) but i do love humanity i just don't like the smells and the and mass transit we we are very pro mass transit yes just not the mta yeah that fuck that well that's a whole nother thing cuomo and the mta is a whole nother thing but anyways back to gas yeah back to gas so i saw a photo amanda you you will not believe this Uh uh-huh of a car with about five trash bags full of gasoline in the trunk. Wait, a trash bag? Trash bag, like clear recycling bags that they filled with gasoline and tied up in the trunk of their car. How the fuck do you get that into your tank? Yeah, I don't think they thought that out. Oh my God. Like, how do you even siphon it without this shit? It's a bag. Oh my <laughs> God. You know, Jason, I'm not gonna lie. I sometimes dream of revolution in this country, but then I go, man, there are some stupid people who are never going to get on board with revolution. And you know what? They all have guns. I know. I know. I know. Side side note between me and you. I don't think I'm uh, for getting rid of guns anymore. Oh, yeah. We've we've discussed this. I think that um, you can't have a stance that the people protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Without believing that the people can and should be armed. Yeah, I kind of come around to that thinking. Like, and the I feel like the people, when there is like a crackdown on guns, the people who suffer are the people who need the guns the most. Not these like white m- militias. They're not the ones that suffer. It's the no, people- on the other hand, I don't think we need unlimited access to firearms. Sure. sure. You know, have a gun or two. Yes, true. Yeah, but like the people have arsenals and that's we, we could we could regulate without prohibiting yes, firearm but, ownership. Yeah, it's a whole nother thing. Um, okay, so yeah, gas shortage, guys. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? Let me give you some tips. Okay. Stay your ass at home. Don't go anywhere. Where are you going anyways? <laughs> I mean, outside is open now. I mean, sure. Walk there. <laughs> Just kidding. You know what I really wish was here? Bike lanes. Do you guys have bike lanes? Oh, oh, the bike lanes in Pittsburgh are the most divisive issue between like MAGA boomers and everyone else. They are. They are everywhere. They were divisive in freaking Brooklyn when I lived there. And it was like Brooklyn's quote unquote liberal. And it's like people were trying to get rid of bike lanes all the time. Oh, well, the opposite's happening here. Our city's building bike lanes and everyone's complaining about the bike lanes. 
I hate it here. <laughs> they, they they call um, our mayor, Bill Peduto, bike lane bill or bicycle Good. bill. Does he own it? He should own it and be like, yep, that's me. Oh, he's kind of a huge neo-lib piece of shit who can't yeah. rein in his violent police. So I'm not going to cheer for that guy. I know. I'm just saying he should. I just hated how like these politicians just don't own it. Like, just own it. Yeah, I make it bike lanes. Get over it. Yeah, I mean, it, you lose you, the parking spot. Yeah. Wah. Um, yeah, that's I miss that. I used to ride 15, 20 miles a day every day, and now I can't do it because I don't. Richmond drivers here are they're the worst drivers I've ever seen. Worst. You know, they go, they go like 65 in torrential downpour rain. They never use their signals. They cut you off. They cut you off to make a turn. It is the entire Commonwealth of Virginia. Terrible. Yeah, it's like they're the people who will speed up if you put your turn signal over to keep you from getting over. Yes. Like, why are you invested in me missing my exit? Yes. And people speed like nobody's business. Like, and listen, I go five miles over the speed limit. I'm not some square, <laughs> but like people will be doing like 20 miles over the speed limit. It's like, why? The speed limit's already 45. What are you doing? Anyways, that was quite a digression too. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of kind of related. Gas, I mean, cars, speeding, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's so like, buy some gas if you need to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Don't drive any more than you have to. Mm-hmm. I will say that... Um, also, I, if everybody doesn't know, this gas shortage, this problem was... A, oh, we said this already. It was a, ha- a hacker thing. It's a technical thing. It's not like there's not enough gas. Correct. Oh, and I've seen people complaining about how somehow this is Biden's fault. One thing that they point to was the um, the canceling of the Keystone XL pipeline. The Keystone XL pipeline, if it existed, would be carrying tar sands from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. It doesn't transport gasoline. People are so dumb, Jason. All right. And they're like, well, if you vote for a Democrat, don't complain about the gas prices. Well, <sighs> do you remember those Bush gas prices that were like $5 a gallon? I do. I do remember that. Nobody and everybody would be like the conservatives would be like, it's not his fault. He has nothing to do with the gas. And it's like, yeah, we know it still sucks. Yeah. Guys, walk, bike, buy an electric car. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know that's a whole issue with rare earth minerals, but I mean, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. I mean, there isn't, but I have seen some like people making arguments that you can make an effort. <laughs> But like, I don't know. How, how do you make that effort under capitalism and imperialism? Like, I don't know. That's a subject for another day. Yeah. And I think the writers of The Good Place tackled that. And they were smarter than us. Moving along to um, less uh, jocular subjects. Mm-hmm. The last few days have seen a major uptick of hostilities in Israel. Well, hostilities from Israel. Correct. Um, If I understand the beginning of this, I mean, and when I say the beginning, I mean of these latest, the latest violence. Yes, recent, recent beginnings. It started with the arrests of Muslims and removing them from a mosque. Is that correct? Is that how this? I think so. Honestly, I don't know. I did see. Yes, I think. Okay, I'm not absolutely sure, but bigger picture, 
the Zionists in Israel. And I just, before I go into this, I just want to say you absolutely can criticize Zionism and Israel without being anti-Semitic. It's important that we do that. But at the same time, criticizing Israel and Zionism does not mean you're anti-Semitic. Just want to put that out there. So I don't know how much our listeners know, but in general, they are continually violating, is it the UN? I, I'm not sure what what exactly they're like, whose like agreement they're violating, but they're continually pushing into pal- what is Palestinian territory. Yeah, so East Jerusalem mm-hmm. is recognized globally by the UN as Palestinian territory. The city of Jerusalem in its entirety is not supposed to be Israel. The city of Jerusalem is supposed to be an international city. That is why historically our embassies have been in Tel Aviv and not Jerusalem, even though Jerusalem, the Israelis claimed that Jerusalem was their capital. Mm-hmm. The world said that city's not even in Israel. Mm-hmm. They can't be your capital. Right. So there's the Zionists, which is like the right wing um, Jewish, I don't know what they're the right wingers in, in Judaism. They are they believe they have a right to land that is Palestinian. And so what they end up doing is they, by force, take Palestinian homes, lands, farms, and... Yeah, to be um, clear, we're not talking about the state taking this. We're talking about individuals just coming in and taking your house. Yes. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yes. And, but they also are not, you know, they're not... uh there's no consequences for them to do doing that. They just right. do it. So, and then even bigger picture, that is kind of how Israel was formed. That was at 48. It was 48, right? Yeah. They, the, the world gave Jews some part of Palestine and, um, yeah, primarily the U.S. and Great Britain. Right. Of course, colonial uh, settler states. Um, so they have been there's been conflict ever since then. And I don't know how you feel about this, but here's how I feel. Big picture. They are. Settler colonialists. Is that what? It, yeah, that's what yeah, absolutely. So, so and- they are. There is to me, I don't care what the Palestinians do they are fighting for their homes and they have been since the beginning. They did not have a choice in this matter. They got their land and their homes taken away. What would you do if that happened to you? If your land and your home and your farms and everything got taken away from you? There, It's really not complicated. A lot of people like to make it complicated and say, oh, it's complex. There's lots of things you don't understand. No, it's actually not. Yeah, like the Palestinians, you know, blew up a school they killed civilians there are no civilian settlers like if you are an occupier in someone else's territory right you are complicit in the theft of their land right you are ostensibly their captors right and they get away with it because well first of all no one in the world basically speaks out against them. I'm talking about governments. They they say things, but they don't, I mean, we give them, like we give Israel how much money for guns? How many guns do we give them? And I mean, guns and weapons, everything they have. First of all, second of all, 
we are settler colonialists. The UK is like it's not me, not me, not me either. But I'm saying this country did the, yeah, absolutely did that to Native Americans. I mean, so what if they if the government if our government came out and was like, yeah, y'all got to stop, then then they have to actually truly address what this country did as well. And so I want to say two nights ago, the Israelis launched some attacks into Gaza that killed 25, including nine children. Mm -hmm. The uh, Palestinians, uh, probably Hamas, retaliated last night by sending hundreds of rockets into Tel Aviv, most and of which were 85 percent to 90 percent are, are, are intercepted. I just heard that on yeah, by the Iron Shield missile yeah. technology. So barely any of their rockets are getting over. But do you, I have to suspect that Israel has ratcheted up the violence and hostility mm -hmm. because it takes political pressure off of Netanyahu, who is currently embattled. Mm -hmm. um, He's also been, wasn't he like, indicted for corruption or something? Yeah, he's indicted for corruption. Right now, there's, um, there's another election looming where um, the, not the leftist party, but a party on the left is actually um, working with Arabs and another smaller party on the right to try to unseat Netanyahu. He's wildly unpopular mm -hmm. and he has not won the majority of seats. And I want to say his last two or three elections, but there's just been no one other person who can unseat him. Right, right. So this, this takes the heat off of him. It's like a wag the dog thing, right? Yeah, it's it's tried and true. When you're an embattled leader, why not start a war? You know, I've been listening to this um, podcast called Revolutions. I highly recommend it, guys. Uh, and I've only I'm only on season ten. I, there's ten seasons, but I didn't listen to the first couple seasons. I'm going to go back, but the season ten is about the Russian Revolution, and it starts with Karl Marx and Engels, and kind of gives their background. So it's it's very very in depth. Anyways, my point is, and I was also listening to this one about Napoleon, this podcast about Napoleon, it is throughout history, just the powerful using everyone else's pawns in their wars, just killing, just letting people die, killing them. They don't care. It's always, they're always going to be safe. And that's what these politicians do. That's what this wag the dog shit is. I've become increasingly upset with the way that, um, anti-Semitism has been weaponized as a shield for all of Israel's um, atrocities. Yes. I mean, Israel is clearly an apartheid state. Absolutely. And one should be able to state that without mm -hmm. coming under criticism of anti-Semitism. First and foremost, stating that is not anti-Jewish It all. is not because we're not making any type of criticism about their faith about how they practice right. their faith. We're criticizing really the state and how they're, they're acting in this conflict, which- Right, you can't conflate the people in the state. And also anti-Semitism is a very specific term. Mm -hmm. Anti-Semitism, you could actually be anti-Jewish like against the faith of Judaism without mm -hmm. being anti-Semitic because anti-Semitic 
is a series of tropes Mm -hmm. specifically yeah they purport a large a jewish conspiracy like it's all rooted in what they call it the the protocol of the elders of zion it's an old bullshit conspiracy theory to drum up hatred against the jews right and say that they control things like that is what anti-semitism right so you can be anti-jewish can you just be anti-religion because that's i think what i am you sound like the chinese communist party (laughs) Jason. Amanda's a tanky. I think I'm becoming a tanky. Ah! <laughs> no, there I can I can I can legitimately criticize things that other countries have done that are communist. Well, no, truly no other country is actually communist because no country has actually made it all the way to communism. Guys, I've been educating myself a lot. So I I just I think it's okay to be like, I don't know things. And so I always feel like I don't know things. So I always try to learn things and Anyways, yeah, it might be a tanky. E- <laughs> uh. I think that we want to go from here. I think I don't have anything else to say. Um, I don't really have any much else to say except that don't let people try to intellectualize this issue. There's a lot of people that try to go, oh yeah, well this or that, and you don't know the history, and then this one thing happened in this year, and blah blah blah. It's it's all bullshit. It's very simple what is happening here israel is the oppressor palestinians are the oppressed and when you're in neutral in situations of the of oppression you are siding with the oppressor absolutely that's just how these things work absolutely um yeah i mean this is <sighs> listen middle east politics is comp- complex but it's also not it's also there you know there's world politics is is can be complex but it's also not it's really not hard to ethically look at things and say well morally this is wrong morally this country is wrong right you like you can look at violence that has been carried out by palestinians you can even categorize some of it as terrorism you cannot however use that as a justification for israeli apartheid Mm-mm. it doesn't work that way no because th- the Palestinians really are only doing what anyone would do in that situation. I can't remember. Is it Ehu Barak? Is that what's his name? Sure. Go off. I don't know. He was one of the leaders. I saw a quote from him that he said, if he had grown up as a Palestinian, he would have joined one of the Hamas. So it's like, Oh, let me tell you everyone who stormed the Capitol. Exactly. Would be Hamas if they were Palestinian. Please. Of course they would. This is this is the the um, hypocrisy of Americans when they they talk about freedom and defending your land and blah blah blah, and then they they you know don't actually espouse those real views for real. They don't actually apply them to other people because brown people in Palestine are not human; they're lesser than, and that is that is what you know allows a lot of times uh shit to happen atrocities to happen also uh, I, real quick i asked you this i don't remember this specific number but it was insane did you ever look it up that text that i sent you for every it's like for every israeli oh, the ratio of israeli deaths to palestinian deaths right for every israeli death if there's something it's something like i don't want to give a wrong number but it's insane it's like a hundred palestinians die it's insane so the who's the aggressor here 
Uh, Middle East politics. Always I mean, a joy. I know, right? I'm sorry. You can't, I can't help it. You know, my dad's from Lebanon, Egypt. So mm. what are you going to do? I know. Sorry well, to end on such a... What we're going to do is we're going to not be anti-Semitic. So don't do that. It's bad. Yeah, don't don't do speak that. out. Speak out against atrocities. Yes. Um, do you have an asshole of the week? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go this week with uh, Bill Gates as asshole of the week. Did Wasn't he asshole of the week two weeks ago? Oh, yeah, he was. That was about <laughs> the... Uh, the vaccine. About vaccine patents. Yeah, fuck him. What is asshole of the week? No, it's, it's, it turns out that... Um, as sure most of you know that his wife Melinda has filed for divorce. Yes. And it appears that the chief complaint was his cozy relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Right. And I think I read that it it's when it became public that he had a relationship with Jeffrey Epstein that she started to get upset, which means that bitch knew. That bitch fucking knew. But now that it's public. So wait, are, are we doing Melinda Gates for us all the week? Maybe she is the asshole of the week. Uh, I sort of feel like Melinda Gates was the engine behind any philanthropy that he did. So maybe let's just, let's make him the asshole. Okay. And she's accomplice of the week. Okay, great. Oh my God. We've never, <laughs> we've never had an accomplice of the week. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks for joining us guys. Yes. Thank you. We will try not to skip any weeks. I know you guys miss us. Also follow us on Twitter. I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be very uh, active there now. So I retweet you all the time, but I always feel weird about retweeting myself. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I'm retweeting Jason. Yeah. So, so, so you know, most of the tweets that come from the account do Are come from me. Amanda. So Are some from... will be for me. I, I will be more active on the account. Let's yeah, add come you on, to man. Press. Follow come us. On. Thumbs up. And thank you again for listening. Thank you yes. for giving us time thank out of you. your day. Yes, we really appreciate it. Viva la revolution. As always, our theme music, Too Cool, is composed by Kevin McLeod and licensed through Creative Commons. That's right. Thanks, guys. All right. Later, Jay. Later.